Good morning. Welcome back to Real Estate and More. Our special guest is a man some say is one of the most talented singer, songwriters, and guitar players of modern day. He writes songs that are moving and compelling, songs that touch the human spirit. He wrote Someday, chosen as the theme song for the 2006 Olympics, and has a new song out, Lord Have Mercy on Me. buy it. He has toured and performed in many countries and simply put, he's a great guy. Please welcome this talented musician to our show, Mr. Steve Knight. Hey! Tell me, Steve, when did you first recognize your intense interest in music? Well, so the first, you know, the first musical memory I got is with my dad. Um, we had three kids, so my brother and my sister, and I was the youngest of three. And he would play the auto harp and he would tell stories and we would used to, we would do these, these bluegrass kind of mountain music festivals. And one time we won a bag of apples, <laughs> but no, my first, seriously, my first memory was us, three of us, my brother, me and my sister would all sing. And my dad would play the auto harp and, um, I was probably four years old. So, wow. Was he the, uh, did he have a voice similar to yours? No, he had a smooth kind of... Um, George Jones? No, he wasn't too country. He was... Mm, my dad, what did he, what kind of voice would he have had? He kind of had an Appalachian folk... He's a folk singer. He's a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah, because he would like to tell the story and the history of the song before he would sing it. So whatever the song would be... He'd have the history, you know, he would do really cool songs like Amazing Grace, and then he'll tell you the story of the history of who wrote it, when they wrote it, why they wrote it, that kind of stuff. Wow, that's unbelievable. Now, folks, there's uh, several different Steve Knights around who are also performers. One who does guitar instruction and the English fellow who did Pinky Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. However, today we have the best of the best with Steve Knight, who wrote Someday, the theme song for the 2006 Olympic Games, and performed that song with the popular band Flipside. And Steve, how, how did that song ever come about and how did you ever create it? Man, what a fun question. The Flipside song, Someday, um, me and Piper, Piper's the MC. he grew up in Oakland. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm a guy, white guy, grew up in Alabama. So the pair of us, you know, it was interesting that you wouldn't see us together in terms of just being on paper. But we started writing together. We became fast friends. He was an amazing um, lyricist. As, an, as a rapper and I'm more of a melody guy and so I had about six, seven ideas I had a bunch of song ideas and one night <clears throat> I had a thousand some days I was, you know, someday this someday that, someday this and Piper likes to say it was on my birthday over cold Chinese food <laughs> that he came over and he helped me whittle down the someday to what it is today uh -huh. and um, so that song ended up getting assigned to Interscope 
Interscope Records was Jimmy Iovine's label, um, probably the biggest record label at the time um, in the U.S. Their roster had Eminem and you know Gwen Stefani and Lady Gaga and <clears throat> Black Eyed Peas. The list goes on and on and on. But we were in front of Jimmy Iovine. He liked Someday. He liked Flipside. And so off we go. And then the Winter Olympics came up, and they were trying to find a song to connect with a younger audience. So NBC had 2,000 songs submitted from labels and record executives and all all kinds. But they, I heard they were about to give up on the song. They had about gone through 2,000 songs. And at the last hour, the last moment, someday came in and uh, they said, hey, that's the song. Unbelievable story. So, yeah, it was really cool. Unbelievable story. Yeah. Yes, I used to have uh, Fly Hawaii a lot. And I had Chris Christopherson on the airplane many, many times. Wow. Great singer-songwriter. Great. I, I said, where do these songs come from? And he looked at me one time and he said, uh, from life and usually on a bar napkin. <laughs> so when you did Someday, right. how, when you write it, do, do you actually write the notes or is it just out of the heart and on a bar napkin? Well, everyone's different. This one was... <clears throat> I had a feeling, I had a chord progression and I had an emotion. And this someday, like I said, I sang someday this, someday that, someday this. I was up late at night, you know, I'd probably done a little bit of cocaine and I just couldn't sleep. And I just was singing someday and I had a thousand someday's. Wow. So that was, that was one of the, the, you know, but every song's different, man. You feel like you're channeling or you're tapping into some type of life force, the muse, uh, the, you feel like you're partnering with, you feel like you're an antenna receiving a message and then you're just trying to communicate it. Say, I feel like the songs choose you. I don't know if you necessarily choose the song sometimes. Ah, it just comes into your mind and the way you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, being complimentary, uh, we also had, uh, Stapleton, Chris Stapleton and your voice is a lot like, I mean, it's similar uh, in nature to uh, Chris Stapleton. And, and when you put it to a song, it's just amazing. Yep. You know, I like that new song, uh, Lord Have Mercy on Me. Uh, you can find that on Spotify. You can find a way to buy it, do it, because it is pretty amazing. Um, there is a little bit of difference, I notice, in some of your earlier songs as opposed to uh, what you're doing today. Yeah. Um, the other was more of a hip-hop type influence. Yeah. And today, it uh, it senses that maybe you're connecting somewhere as a different source to come up with that song. Yeah. Got anything to talk about there? I noticed well, you mentioned cocaine a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk so, to me about that, and then we'll talk back about the music. Yeah, so in my 20s, I was sampling whatever I could get my hands on, right? And so I was, I was always, uh, I wanted to find the best party, the best drugs. I had a lot of trauma growing up when I was a kid, and so I guess that was just an escape. I started to learn how to numb. Um, but you know, I rededicated my life and faith became a huge part of my life. You can't get, you can't be where I was. I was at what they call rock bottom in those dark places where you want to stop, but you can't stop. And, uh, you know, the cool thing about it was I was in the coast guard for four years and the veterans, I have to give a shout out to the VA. The VA helped save my life. Um, I was in Oakland and I needed help 
and I went to the VA and um, that and, you know, my higher power in Christ um, really turned my life around. Um, I tell people I wouldn't be sitting here today if God didn't show up in my life. Um, I was on a on a on a road uh, to nowhere and, um, you know, God kind of stepped in and intervened in my life. So faith plays a huge role in my life. And so getting back to like, Lord have mercy. A lot of my music now is, is really trying to express my faith in that higher power. Um, and that, that faith is Jesus Christ for me. So it's, it's a trip, man. It's been a journey and it's, um, it's a trip, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I first heard Lord have mercy, when I first heard it, I thought, wow, what a great song. And I mentioned it to you and you said, well, it's a very, very, very simple song. Yeah. You said that just like that. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, yeah. it doesn't matter Yeah, because it's a simple song, but it conveys something that touches the chord in all of us. Yeah. And I find it just to be amazing. I hope our, our listeners go out and actually buy this yeah. because it is, is one remarkable, one remarkable song. You know, when, um, when I was uh, doing business in Oakland, a lot of years ago, decades ago, I ran into similar a situation as you. You mentioned your co-founder of Flipside. Yep, Piper. Uh, Piper. Well, I was uh, an operator of a business in Oakland and there was a, a black reverend. Here's a young kid of 30, which was me, but you know, I grew up in Richmond. I didn't have any issues like that at all. Right. And a black reverend of 70. And this man did so much for the community, uh, Reverend Herbert T. Geis. And he started uh, his church and it was big, big, big facility. We operated the supermarket and we paid our lease payments to the church. But Reverend Geis had this remarkable giving spirit to him. And I'll never forget it. And he, he and I just became very well acquainted and good friends and one of the things that he did was he founded this uh, elementary school and it still exists today after his passing i think he was 102 when he finally left this world mm. you know and and what you do with your music can be just as effective and doing great deeds for the community yeah. so back on the uh, founding of flipside you know yeah. mitch and piper uh, you know um, how did all of that come about and and you still like the man, right? Oh, yeah. Me and Piper are, you know, as they say, brothers from another mother. Um, you know, he's working in screenplays right now. He wrote, you know, a screenplay that um, won at the Tribeca Film Festival. So he's in a mentorship program. He's writing screenplays for, for Hollywood right now, um, which is kind of cool. But Flipside... Um, you know, me and, like I said, I had probably about six or seven songs and none of them were finished. And Piper was on an independent label that I was on. And so we were kind of label mates. And so we would hang out. Well, one, he was going to SF State at the time. And for his um, spring break, he comes by and he knocks on my window every morning and said, hey, we're going to the studio. I call Piper the shark. He never stops. He's always moving. And so he and he and um, kind of lit a fire under me to get in the studio that week when he was in spring break. And by the end of that week, we had about all the ideas that I had had. Six or seven songs were finished because Piper threw his verses on them. And so it was this very 
cool connection we had that we were finishing each other's sentences. I was expressing an idea I had. He would help me, um, you know, pin it down, get the words down and, and figure it out. I would have an idea of a chorus and he'd help me with the verses. So it was this very collaborative effort. And then um, he wrote an, a movie that was going to, there were kind of at this place called Soundwave Studios and Dave Lopez, our guitar player, was the manager of Soundwave Studios. And so there was this movie that Piper, it was like a little independent, you know, like kind of, and they needed a white dude because they needed a cop in the movie, you know, Piper's black dude growing up in Oakland. So <laughs> they called they called me, they're like, hey man, you got to come play a cop. So I show up down at Soundwave and Dave is in there and I can remember seeing Dave in my mind at Blake's in Berkeley, he had played in a Zeppelin tribute band. And he was killing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's, I didn't, I don't even know if I put it together that day, but I was like, I think this guy is the guitar player from this Zeppelin tribute band. And um, I said, I'm a songwriter. And he kind of had a guitar in the, in the, um, in the office. And he kind of just gives it to me and puts it in my hand, like, show me what you got, kid. He was a good a bit older than me. So once me and Dave, I played Dave someday. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. As they say, Dave knew everybody in the Bay, knew all the music producers. And so when me, Dave and Piper all got in a room together, you had this kid from Alabama singing blues. You had Dave from Chile who was doing Latin guitar, like some Santana vibes. And you have Piper who was like on some Tupac revolutionary um you know hip-hop stuff so you had these real three worlds coming together that you would not see on paper you would be like oh yeah this doesn't work but the music brought us together and uh we had different cultures different backgrounds different beliefs uh but we all believed in each other and we all believed in the music unbelievable yeah. music music has such a, a healing power to it yeah have you have you ever been to the uh museum of music in arizona down in phoenix I haven't. you you go in there you're in there for an entire day just going from one exhibit to the next and there's one exhibit that i recall very clearly it's they've actually done research and they found that if you play a musical instrument and you sing that it activates places in your mind that no other activity will it has such a healing power and going from there you you've mentioned personally that you think you found your calling to be a worship pastor yeah talk to me man that's that's a that's a story um you know I don't, to try to get people to understand the i guess context of of a worship pastor right my grandmother uh sue wyatt started a ministry called living waters in Asheville, north carolina um and it's on the french broad river it's about 40 um minutes from Asheville, north carolina so beautiful country in the smoky mountains very beautiful right and i would spend my summers up there the the, the story of how my grandmother um, who was a woman leading, you know, men essentially with this vision she had from God, um, you know, and, and people were looking at her kind of like she had three heads because she was going to businessmen saying, hey, this is going to be a free retreat center. People that can give can give. We'll ever we'll never ask for any money. Try giving that on the business plan, right? <laughs> Got to monetize something yeah. somewhere. As a as a as a as a lady in the late seventies, so she started it the year I was born, nineteen seventy nine. I was born, and she started that ministry. Well, I was one of the youngest of all the grandkids. I was probably one of the youngest of eighteen, 
um, and I would be the one. They wanted to get rid of me for the summer. They, they what, is, what, what are we going to do with Steven? This, that was the big topic of discussion back then because I was a wild, youngest of three, ADHD, all that kind of stuff. And so if I wasn't in sports, they wanted to figure out. So I would, basically I would spend my summers up at Living Waters with my grandparents at this retreat center. And she would pray over me. She would call me her little prophet and she would, people would come from all over the South, Florida and Georgia and just to be kind of sit at her feet and be prayed over. She was a real deal. When you were in the room with her, you felt the presence of God. You felt the love of Christ. Mm. And so people would come from all around just to hear her teach, to hear her encourage them, to hear her talk about the word that was just the Holy Spirit would just flow through her. Um, so she had a huge impact on my life, probably the biggest modeling behavior of anybody in my life. Fast forward, I do things my own way. I go out and get signed Interscope. I use all my talents and all my gifts God, have give, God has given me really just to serve myself and to figure out kind of things that I think are cool at the time. I'm not really... Um, engaged in any kind of spiritual life. I feel like, yeah, I was kind of understand there's a God, there's a creator, but I'm going to put God on the shelf for a few years and I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I got signed Interscope, get the theme song for the Olympics. So now I think I'm real hot stuff. You really can't speak into my life. Mm -hmm. I'm in my early 20s. And so you, you, you really couldn't tell me anything at that point. I'm like, I got it figured out. And that led me to a road of I got dropped by the label. Oh no! My girl left me. Mm -hmm. It's a country song, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I I'm a country boy. Yeah, yeah Hatfield country, Lukabok, uh, Texas, yeah. Waylon. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so um, you know, I, I lost my girl, or she left me because I had a drug problem. I was on opiates at the time. Uh, I had just started to get into to heavier drugs. Oh, man. And so, but I was just a weekend warrior. I was just, hey, I'm going to hang out and have a good time when I want to have a good time. But then everything was taken from me overnight. My record deal, my girl. Um, and that's when I really just said, you know what? F it all. Yeah. So now I'm really just <clears throat> hit that road of like, you know what? Now I'm a daily drug addict. Um, I'm down in Oakland getting the tar. Um, oh man! Oh yeah! It was it was it was as low as you could go. And you know, you tell people how how did you get that far out? And I tell people one step at a time. Yeah. You know, you start with some Vicodins, and then you have the opiate crisis with the oxys, and then the oxys are you know kids are just snorting them, having fun. Next thing you know, you don't have money to buy those oxys. Now you're on the street down in Oakland and West Oakland, and you're buying it dope off the street from you know whoever dealers. Yeah. And so you know, looking back, God was with me during all that, all of that. God protected me. God, I saw God God's hand and and leading me to where I used to get dope across the street. When I cried out to God, I cried out to God. I, I was I said I, I can't do it. I can't quit. I want to quit. I'm in tears, and I feel like God just put on my heart. You need to go to the VA. Mm -hmm. And very clear, very soft, still voice. You need to go to the VA. And I get on my phone and I look on my phone and across the street at 24th in San Pablo. I used to get dope at 23rd in San Pablo. Across the street at 24th. I had a store at 27th in San Pablo. Yeah. That old Safeway store. That well, was mine. I know where that is then. Absolutely. I, I right know where that is. Well, 
it was just in that moment across the street was where the VA was. I didn't know that. And so I got, went over to the VA. It was a Thursday. And, uh, they said, can you be here tomorrow? I went in and basically said, I'm an addict. I can't get off anything. I need help. They said, can you be here tomorrow? I said, I can be here tomorrow at 8 a.m. They, every other year, just every other year, not even every year, but every other year, they have a, um, kind of like if all the resources the VA had, they would bring you out to this abandoned air field and they had round up all these veterans. And if you needed, you know, housing, if you needed this, if you needed that, it was was like haircut, all that stuff. And so they had one spot left. They said, can you be here tomorrow? I said, yes. He said, we had a, can't, we had somebody fall out. We have one spot left to get you out there to get you plugged into some services. And so that was my spot. And so that was the, my start to, to, to recovery. But, you know, and I feel like in that moment, um, you know, I rededicated my life um, to the Lord and I said, you know, whatever's left with me, whatever talents, whatever gifts, whatever time you've you've given me, I'm going to try to be in service with my gifts. And that was kind of the switch of the perspective of, of learning total how to switch, total, total switch, how to have a servant's heart, how to how to bless and encourage people with the music and the gifts God's given me. And so when you talk about the power of music and the healing power of music, um, God knew what he was doing when he created music. And it speaks right to you. It speaks right to the heart. Interesting. uh, At the very beginning, it's like when you look at lobsters, they put them in a tank and they begin turning the temperature up and the lobster is there. And he doesn't really realize that that lobster is going to go on someone's plate momentarily. When you start drugs, whether or not it's drugs or alcohol or any type of addiction, uh, this is where it starts. So a person um, for everybody should kind of keep an eye out that it's easy to start walking down that path. And once you do, it gets harder and harder and harder. Then the next step is to basically say, hey, listen, I'm here, VA. I need some help. I can't get off of this. Yeah. And that was that's where your life turned. And, you know, that's a, not an easy thing to do, Mm-mm. especially when you've been at the top and you've done so well with uh, your musical career. Yeah. And that's why I... I, you know, I have to, as an observer, I hear the music before and I hear the music now. The source of the power seems to have changed. You know, Lord have mercy on me. Yeah. I think it's just absolutely fantastic yeah. what, what you, you've done and what you went through and, and where you are. And, um, you know, I have to hand it to you. You know, to do that, it's it takes a lot of everything you got. Oh, yeah. And uh, your faith, there- your faith is, is it? Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of two steps forward, three steps back type of deals. There's a lot of relapses. And, you know, 2012, they got me on a, a blocker called Suboxone and that helped me, you know, mm-hmm. get on a replacement therapy drug. And But, yeah, I mean, I would tell anybody that's listening to this that's struggling in addiction, you know, you got to get in community. You got to get with some people that are that are that are healthy, that are trying to do it. Community is so important. We just did a, a full show on 9-11 and how after the event, everyone was shocked, didn't know what to do. And then they, the community around the people, whether or not they're firefighters, whether or not they're airline pilots, it didn't matter. Yeah. Just normal you know, people. It's all about community yeah. and, and having the love of the community just makes so much difference. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this, you just can't do it alone. I mean, 
it takes it takes a, a healthy community and then hopefully one that's you know um you know plugged into a higher power that's that's walking out the the, the what it looks like to walk in faith um but you know it's it's a trip man um I'm really convinced like there's no way I should be here. Um, so God has a purpose and a plan and it's not done with me yet. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you know, you're so much better than, than what you were back in the day when you were so great on top of the big the big soapbox. And yeah. uh, obviously your faith has been your ladder back to being the great guy that you are. You know, Steve, a, a smart guy like you, you would think that you would see addiction coming down the road when you first start out like that. Um, what what happened? I, I mean, well, you know, I was saying, I was saying, um, <clears throat> there's a couple different things. One, you know, I had a lot of trauma growing up, and that's a whole other separate conversation to have. But I think in the early '90s, um, you know, I started to glorify some of my favorite artists uh, from Sublime to. Um, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. There was this whole 90s grudge movement that happened that um, a lot of those guys, Alice in Chains, ended up into the into the heavier drugs, you know, specifically heroin. And so <clears throat> after I had written Someday and had some success, there was a part of me that was like, you have to look behind the, you know, the curtain to see the Wizard of Oz or something. You had to go see what the taste was to write the next big song. Well, I have to tell you, Steve, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful time hearing your journey through through life. Very talented singer, songer, songwriter, composer, founder of the band flip side i can't quite talk here this morning and performer in his own right remarkably i sincerely enjoyed your story and your personal journey through life and its setbacks the positive changes you've made especially what what you did to come to singing that song that have mercy on me lord you know it's just unbelievable i would go out and buy it right now He's supported by a community of like-minded people, a great guy. Thank you, Steve Knight, for being with us today. You've been listening to Real Estate and More, and it's more about the more interesting people today than real estate. But next week, we'll talk about real estate on KGO 810 AM, The Spread. I'm Michael Hatfield, your host. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9, when we can once again talk about Bay Area real estate interesting topics and interesting people have an outstanding week the views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change information on the show provided for illustrator purposes only and does not constitute professional or legal advice information from sources deemed reliable but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed Michael Hatfield and the Michael Hatfield Remax team have no liability for information discussed on the show. Consult with qualified professionals prior to taking action. We at the Michael Hatfield Remax team enjoy representing our valued clients. If you or someone you know is interested in buying or selling and wishes to schedule a complimentary appointment with the Michael Hatfield Remax team, call us at 925-322-7775. That's 925-322-7775. Or go to our website, michaelhatfieldhomes.com. I'm Michael Hatfield. Thank you for listening today. 
Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for the next Real Estate and More when we again sharpen our focus on how's the market. Join us next Saturday morning at 9 and have a wonderful week. Best wishes and blessings to you. DRE 0149 3761.